0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Debug Log, the podcast about game development where you can enjoy deep discussions about programming, game design and laugh at our crazy jokes. You're going to have a blast, I promise. In this episode 76, we're going to go over the observer pattern, what it is, when to use it, and we're going to talk about its implementation as well as its benefits and pitfalls. If you're interested and you want to know more, keep listening to The Debug Log, episode 76. You're listening to The Debug Log, the podcast about game development. My name is Eduardo Castillo Fernandez.
1: And I am Andrew Curry. And that's nice. it. Uh-huh, that's it, that's it for is. today guys.
0: <laughs> not too many people. And not, uh, we have a busy episode, period. What? We have
1: if, if people notice we have a busy <laughs> period right now. We have people changing jobs and vacations uh, uh, and stuff, but we want to hit you this week with a, another solid design pattern episode.
0: Yeah, definitely. And this time is going to be the observer pattern. And uh well, since we don't have Ovina here, uh, I guess we're not going to read any uh, iTunes in in uh, reviews. So let's go to the overview of the episode, and it's going to be uh, what is the observer pattern, when to use it. Uh, we're going to go over some implementations and uh, what options you can you can use to have the same effect. Um, some benefits of this pattern and some disadvantages, or what people don't like about uh, the the observer pattern. And we have some comments about that. Right. Uh, So let's go straight into What's the observer pattern? Um, the, The observer pattern is a design pattern in which objects can subscribe to events in another object, often called subject. The subject will send notifications to the registered objects also known as observers, that's the why the the pattern got that his name, and so they react properly to the event uh, trigger in the in the subject.
1: So it's this kind of like it's sort of like when you have listeners or callbacks on an object, the same yeah, thing. for, or is a for bit what
0: different? I read, a uh, listener uh, because it's confusing observer and listener. The listener is. Uh, an implementation of the Observer right? Uh, for for what I read. Uh, if I'm wrong, guys, just comment on the episode and, and let me know. Uh, but that's what I read when I, I was doing the uh, research for this episode. People say that it's just an implementation of what the Observer is. Um, I think I, when you
1: talk about this real quick, when you think about it conceptually, the Observer, it's weird when you say that word. You're like, what is an Observer? But even when you talk about it, we're going to do this episode, was like... Observer pattern because I use we the thing about it is we've used all these patterns sometimes and not even known it right uh-huh. but um I almost think this one should be called like the subscriber pattern just because it that's that's a more real world analogy to what it can be doing mm-hmm. right like you subscribe to a you know RSS feeds or podcasts like this one right and when we update it it gets updated in hundreds, thousands, hopefully, <laughs> one day, of people's uh, podcast apps, and they can see it automatically. And it kind of, that's the model for how this would work.
0: Yeah, it's the same idea. In the
1: real world, yeah.
0: So, yeah, because you don't have one observer. You have several observers that are looking to another object. So.
1: And, and I guess the idea behind it, and we'll get into this, like when you'd use it, but. The idea is that instead of sending just messages out, right, to, like, it's the same kind of thing. It's, like, instead of me having to email you and email somebody else, and email, like, different emails, it's, like, being able to send one object or one message that kind of bubbles to the different. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: or, or another way that I've seen to, uh, to do the same thing, just to synchronize or to know when an event happened, is just, like, keep each one of the observers keep asking the subject, hey, uh, did you do this? Hey, did you do this? But that's a waste of resources because you have to keep asking and asking.
1: And polling it, yeah. Yeah,
0: and here is just, hey, I finished. Everybody can do whatever they want to do. Right, right. So following that, let's say, when to use the observer pattern. Um, whenever you want to notify multiple objects of a change of state of a specific object. Um, for example, when you're implementing a reward system, um, like the one that I implemented in, in the Hangman. So you're in your plane and you won, uh, you guessed 50 words, uh, in a row and you haven't lost, well, you achieved, um, such and such reward. You have some points and, uh, a medal. Right. Um, so But the way the reward system knows is because someone sent a message to him and he knows that it has to uh, update the list of rewards and give you some points and all that. It's not continually asking. It's using the observer pattern. Uh, Another another place or situation in which you would like to use this pattern is when you have Mm -hmm. a timer uh, that triggers a certain event. When, you're, uh, when it reaches zero, like you're going to win uh, some life or uh, you lost when, when the timer uh, is out, something like that. It right. lets the uh, controller of your scene know, hey, uh, I'm in zero, do whatever you have to do. Right. Um, and we uh, even talked
1: about this with um, Zach and I's game that we talk about all the time that we're working on or... <laughs> we go through different stages of working on it or arguing about it. But like, <laughs> but you were here for one of the discussions about this type of thing, remember? When we talked about, especially like an RPG or something where you have progression systems or even just attack. We we were talking, discussing this certain attack system in the game and saying like, well, if an attack is registered, what type of systems would that affect? And it would affect like, well, it needs to kind of verify that attack. And also maybe even if it says this is a verified attack and that message went out. There's a lot of things you could actually go to. Say it was a gun, you might have a player info controller that controls like your ammo and things like that. You might also have the player controller that you're controlling, like the reaction of that damage. There could be a billion different things. There could be just your UI controller, right, that needs Uh to reflect those changes. And we were talking about that and just just (laughs) debating the idea of, well, I just update this and update this and update this. And instead of having, it's like, why would we do that? Why would we have this snake system where you have to update one, update one, update one? Why don't we just send a message saying this happened? So these five other systems can be observers to that one event change. And then you can actually update everything in parallel with it. I mean, I understand. I, mean, I think in that discussion, we talked about the, you don't want to get, use it so much when it's like, when the things need each other, like the danger of using of like updating things in parallel and processing in parallel sometimes is that if the conditions need to look at each other and there is some kind of linear sequence of logic, right. But if there's not, and they're just different systems then they just, even like you could update your player, but also update a log at the same time, you know, some kind of log controller that like just logs in your, you know, in your debug log, <laughs> um, different <laughs> things going on. It's a good, efficient way to just send it out to everybody and not have to worry about it. And then also, that helps when you bring in... The reason the argument we were making that day why this is cool is because not only it's like, yeah, you might know the systems you need right now, but as all game development and just software development goes, you're going to add more systems and add more things. And so instead of when you add those new systems into the process that need to know what's going on, instead of having to go hold on, where does this go into the mix of this? Where do I send, you know? Exactly. You just say, hey, I just want to subscribe to it. I want to subscribe to any events from the attack system or any events from, you know, the multiplayer or the timer or whatever, right? And so then there's no, that you get a lot of independence, uh, like, depend, uh, like you get a lot of independence of your code, sorry, independence of your code right there so it doesn't have to rely on being a part of some crazy chain. It can actually just cleanly update on system-wide events, basically.
0: Yeah, because that way you, you avoid uh, um, introducing errors to your code because you forgot what it was actually doing. Right. And, yeah, this is a a much more, a much cleaner solution. So I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Uh, that we had story. a discussion a few weeks ago yeah, so literally about this. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that.
1: And if you think about it, like maybe I'm getting this wrong and just thinking about this now, it's kind of, it's not the opposite of a singleton, right? But it's kind of like the inverse of it in a way, right? Because in the singleton, the, well, in a singleton, the idea is that you have different systems that randomly could just check on a class. Say like I have a player class as a singleton or something. Uh-huh. And those different systems... I mean, the difference is they're not necessarily on the schedule. So if I just want to pull an instance of the player, I know I'm getting one. So it's like multiple can access one thing. Where this is like where one thing can notify multiple things. You see what I'm saying? Uh, it's, a little, it's, it's like the inverse gotcha, of it. It's where gotcha. it's like... I mean, it's the producer-consumer relationship's the same, where the subject is still producing the information. But it's almost like you said, it's like... An, with the singleton thing, when it's just simple stuff, you're having to ask it constantly. Yeah, it, say, hey, what's going on? You know.
0: I think what you're trying to say is that in singleton, the relationship is many to one, and here it's one to many. Right, exactly. Gotcha, and that, it's also yeah, automatic,
1: it. in a sense, once you set it up. Because the other one, you still have to explicitly instance that singleton, update it, then affect the stuff that would be in your observer. And in this, it's like, no, I'm. you know what? I'm just interested in anything you got that's about this. <laughs> Let me know. You know, if you're going to go see that movie, I want to see it. Yeah,
0: that's true. So, yeah, let's go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: I I was just saying, I think people, I mean, that's what we're talking about, like in this and the implementation of the stuff. People have used this without even knowing about it, right? Especially with Unity.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm covering um, these design patterns because they're pretty simple, but... uh, and. People use them and they don't know they are using them. Right. For example, if you, if you have used the, uh, Unity event system, you're probably using something like this. Like behind scenes is something like this. And if you're using delegates and events in C sharp, it's this idea. It's the same thing. So it's just that, um, you, with, with, when you know it, you know exactly what's going on and how you you can implement it yourself. It's just that it's uh, such a popular design pattern that this, um programming languages have it already integrated, built in, in in the in the language, so you don't have to implement it.
1: Right, because it's especially it's efficient when you're making a framework because you want <laughs> the idea of a framework is you want to be able to kind of do things in an automatic type of way yeah. in an easy way where it's like, again, like you can set up, you can bubble messages to something and say, Hey, I want this to happen. It especially works well. Like I, if you had those event listeners if that kind of is an implementation of that, that's what I got into that at first, not through unity, but through doing a lot of flash programming, action script stuff uh-huh. where everything's about event listeners, <laughs> you know, and where you have, especially on buttons and things. So it's like everything in those UIs is event driven and it has to, There's a whole kind of methodology about how the events bubble up the stack to the surface, you know, (laughs) to see, and they affect something. And if any of those classes you have listeners to say, hey, if there's an event of a UI or a mouse click or something like that, I want to know about it because I want to be able to move the player, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got to kind of – that's a rudimentary. It's a little more – it's not set up automatically because Flash – Funny thing enough, everybody worked with Flash back like then, it's not really a game engine. <laughs> it's set up to be this animation <laughs> thing. And, of course, there's stuff like Flixel and I think Fo- no, Photon Storm. There's a lot of frameworks that people made just in code that helped, you know, like game frameworks. But what did you a lot Flixel? of Flixel? Yeah, Flixel was one of the ones I used in – there's something like a Steampunk or Flashpunk was another one. They are just like pure on code-based. You didn't have to use a Flash uh, – program you could just use the flex which is their like just code-based like compiler and that's how i made some flash games that but when i was just learning just basic programming and stuff even with flash and action script stuff that everything you do in that is setting up listeners you know and events and triggering events and doing all that stuff and and at, at, at the time it in that it could get really uh kind of hairy and complicated because Again with Flash, it's a timeline, and they you'd put scripts on timelines, and you didn't know where they were and what it was calling what. And of course, you can get into that with Unity too a little bit, but <laughs> a lot actually. But it was a little more complicated because it wasn't set up for that. But it's a, it was a great basic introduction to this this basic concept of things of events just happening and things doing it, and was you know, and and when you start it, it seems like it, it like I said, it's a it's a cool pattern because of all of these, most of these things, it has the most real world analogies. Like again, like subscribing to a newspaper or a TV show, you know, or Netflix or something is like everybody gets Netflix and you just have to subscribe to it and you know, it's on, but, um, but it, but it's, it's the one of the things, especially in a complicated, especially when you're setting up any kind of UI system, it's awesome because you don't have to have independent. It means you can have UI and views like an MVC kind of pattern and have that stuff be ind- independent of, Logic and data and stuff.
0: Gotcha. Um, let's let's go over the implementation so people can understand uh, better of what we're talking about. Um, so, in in the implementation of the observer, there are
1: uh,
0: three main uh, four. You might say four, but whatever uh, components. There's a the subject, which could be two components, the interface um, element and the class that is going to uh, implement that interface. And it is going to be super simple. It's going to have uh, register to an event or unregister to this event. And what you're going to register or unregister are observers, so other objects and you're going to have a notify method, notify observer. So those are the only three me- uh, methods that you need to implement this uh, design pattern. On the other side, you have the interface for the observers, which is just going to have uh, an update. Right. Um, and then the class that is going to implement that <clears throat> uh, interface, of course. That's so, you have it?
1: basic subclasses of that observer, yeah, of the interface. So, now there's subclasses, but they're implementing that interface, which then <clears throat> means they can update and update everything else,
0: yeah. So, it's it, this is super simple. Remember that. Like, let me, let me read uh, the definition of the encyclopedia because I really like the Wikipedia. I really liked it. It says, The observer pattern is a software design pattern in which an object called this object maintains a list of of its dependents called observers and notifies them automatically of any state changes, usually by calling one of their methods. That's it. So having that in mind, you can understand that when you're in Unity and you have your click um, on pointer down event and you're saying, hey, um, I want to execute this method when my pointer is down uh, you're using this, and you can see that you can add multiple uh, methods to that event. Actually, Unity has a plus sign in the in their interface where you can easily add multiple uh, things that you want to do for that event. It's just you're just subscribing to the event of on pointer down to execute whatever method you want to execute in your in your logic. Uh,
1: yeah, so, and. Then- I was going to say in another – to think about that, like another kind of benefit of doing that just organizationally because like I said, a lot of these, these design patterns are really just to you organize stuff. And I guess in a in very intense environment, they might help with optimization, but it's more on the point of organizing spaghetti code, right? Because um, that's the problems you run into most of the time It's just really knowing what you did and especially what we talk about on the show is finishing your game. And if you have a mess of code, you don't want to finish your game all the time. You want to like, yeah. But it's fun to do stuff that's organized. So we talk about like even in like the example of like in UIs, I said in my UI example episodes talking about how each page or each screen needs like one kind of main functionality and one thing not to get confusing. We talked about that a lot of times when you're planning out systems with classes and subclasses and different um, you know, DC patterns and different relations. You really don't want a class you want the class to own its own logic, right? So if it's like a player or whatever, you want it to be able to process its own data. Like it would make sense that the player would kind of process this damage coming in and do it there or by search anywhere else. Like you want, even in like the example that we talked about, like they show in the Wikipedia with observer and it goes into like different and not IBM price and AAPL price, different prices, which means like, which, which that translates to is different logic in each of the different observers. Right. Um, and so the reason why the observer pattern is good is because one, the two, the, those different observers can own their own logic and understand how to process the data themselves. Does that makes sense? So you're not like on the subject side, you're not going, here's the stuff I'm going to process it to you and just send the results. You know, I don't, cause you get into that before I ever got into these patterns and stuff. You're just, you just don't know where to put a method. You know, you ever feel like that? It's like, should I put it in the sword or should I put it in the player or is there an <laughs> yeah. attack object? And a lot of times, the thing that I fall back to, I don't know if this is correct or not. I mean, this is what I've been taught a little bit, but in school and CS stuff, it's like you want the thing to own its own logic or the class to have a certain function. And if it has too much
0: separation of concerns.
1: Right. Yeah. You want it to have its own concerns. And if it's too much, you subclass it and do it where you can, where it shares it. You know, you have an interface and do these things and subclass as much as you can. And so this allows it to own its own logic and own its own individual specific logic. And still get the same notification to do that and not like, so you don't have literally, if so, if you had two, if you've had an observer and two subclassed things processing that notification in different ways, that's the better way. And instead of that, if you, without this observer pattern in that subject, you would have a billion different methods trying to process data in different ways or doing weird conditionals and switch statements and stuff. No, and I mean, the, is it possible and it doesn't own do that, that. because
0: a, when you add a new, uh, a new observer, are you going to add the logic inside the subject? <laughs> I mean, it's, right. it, it's just right, going right. to keep growing and growing.
1: You have to keep hard coding logic into subject which is doesn't own it. It's not its concern, right? That's yeah. the thing. And so it's much easier to send. And then like we said, when you add, you can add subclasses of that type. So if anybody, when you're coming in your game, needs to know about damage, maybe you have some weird multiplayer um, scoreboard or something that tracks of damage or something, yeah, whatever it is. You know what I mean? You can just introduce it, put its own little logic in there, and do its own little translations, and you don't have to worry about any other bit of code at all in the system. That's why it's neat, yeah. because it lets you separate the logic.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's uh, one of the aspects that I have here for uh, benefits of this design pattern uh, is that it has uh, loose coupling. Right. So in right. other words, your classes have a separation of concerns. They don't need to know uh, what's going on. The subject doesn't need to know what's going on on the observers to tell their, their methods to execute. He's just going to uh, have a list of observers that are going to have an update method. And he's just going to say, hey, update, because my event happened. Right. Um, and the other one is that it is an elegant solution because objects uh, do not keep asking, oh, this is um, what I said at the beginning. They right. don't keep asking all the time, hey, subject, did you finish? Did you finish? Which uh, helps performance in, in your game just in case you're doing something like this.
1: Um, right, and that so. goes back to our analogy. I'll keep explaining it in analogies, I guess. <laughs> that goes back to is like, hey, you were... Eduardo, you want to go see, I don't know, whatever we want to see, you know, Spider-Man. Avengers, Avengers, Avengers oh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, and if you said that, and that's all you said, and you said it to five people, and you never told them a time or a place or information, and they really wanted to go, and they were motivated, they would keep calling you every five minutes going, are we going, what time is that, what time are we going, what's going on, what's going on, and you would get... Exponential calls, because the more people you invited, the more calls you would get if they called every five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I don't know, I'll tell you, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know yet, I don't know yet. And in this way, you just say, I'll call you guys when I know. And that means, and if you can see that just in real world effort, all those people calling every five minutes, they don't have to do that. They just have to wait for your call. And that's a good way in the real world to show the, the amount of work that that's not happening, you know, when you yeah. just say, I'll I'll just wait for you to tell me. A good example. I like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so one of the disadvantages that people uh, say this uh, pattern has is that, and, and you were mentioning this uh, earlier in the in the episode, is that it could create loops. But the way the way people say it is, I don't I don't like it because it's kind of shitty. Because the premise is, oh, if you don't. Implement your code well. You could create loops, dude. If you don't implement your code well, you're going to have problems no matter what. So,
1: well, I but, guess you could have. Are they saying like if you had? I mean, that goes into the second disadvantage, but the idea that you would have something triggering an event, or not triggering an event, you would have a subject sending out a notification to a listener, and if you have that listener triggering events in turn, which you could do, then you could have some kind of weird loop going on where it's like you keep triggering the subject, which keeps triggering the listener, which keeps yeah. triggering it. Yeah, I guess that could happen.
0: Yeah, that's that's a, a similar example of, of what they say, basically, right. when you have a, um, a loop between two objects that keep calling uh triggering an event and the other one catches the the uh event and it triggers another one and that other one is caught uh by by the first object and it's just yeah a loop
1: well in that case too, this is a good thing this is we don't have this down but the the one thing that flash always taught me and um, I don't, I guess I needed to do a little bit, but a lot of times the UI stuff is much more permanent. And then with scenes, it gets erased, you know, in the garbage collection. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to do it as much, but with flash, they didn't have the concept of scenes like that. So you had to, if you created a screen with a bunch of buttons and a bunch of sliders or whatever the thing was, or you had player controller listeners on the, on like the keyboard and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make sure when you go to the next scene that you discard all those listeners because. If you didn't one, it's a memory concern, but also you can get to the next screen, and the previous one was asking for keyboard controls on the player, but you get to the next one it's asking for type keyboard controls right and it just mm-hmm. it just intersects, and there's no so you really if it's in an environment where it's not managed scene by scene and dumping all the memory and stuff like um and I guess unity doesn't always do that if you kind of keep it around and do not destroy but you have to make sure if you have listeners out there when you change mode or change context in the program or the game, you need to make sure that you're discarding l- rogue listeners, right? Because that's how you get those loops. Because it could be like, wait a second, hold on, I'm not. What am I? Well, I'm hitting arrows right now, and it's but it's doing other things too. Now my player's jumping into the menu. What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, not like that, but you can just get you can get situations where sometimes they would cancel out and not even register anything.
0: Gotcha. Um, And that's one of the other um, complaints that people have, is that it could be uh, difficult to debug because you're triggering an event and a bunch of people are catching it, and you might have uh, more than one bug in one of those uh, events, or just one, but it just looks like, oh, it happened all of a sudden. And you you don't realize that it's because uh, a certain event is happening uh, when I don't know when you click somewhere or when the the player is near a specific game object uh, or in a specific range, uh, that event is triggered and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> Why is this happening? Uh, and I guess that's that's the Whoa, dark yeah. side of, of the of this uh, design pattern, but i don't know i guess if you have it documented uh, you will well, have a problem with that
1: yeah and also yeah because that makes sense because that's the, that's the kind of downside of decoupling things from each other it's that if they don't know about each other they're not going to know what's screwing up in the other thing <laughs> you know when it's happening they're like i don't know i just send the stuff and then that's messing up it's not my this problem it's not anymore.
0: that much a problem when you're the only developer but when well, you're working it, in a team and somebody else doesn't know how it works it could look like magic. It's like, damn, why, why is this happening?
1: Well, the problem is you have, I mean, the problem is is when there's when stuff fails silently or it fails and is actually succeeding, right? Because a lot of times if if it's getting called and for some reason the event is getting, uh, there's an exception or something on that event in one class or something, uh-huh. it'll show up in your errors and your bugs. It'll say, hey, this doesn't know how to process this or this didn't show, you know, like if it literally says you should happen and something's wrong with the event and the flash that used to happen, you, you, you'd see it, you know, you see like it's, it's just like you get null exceptions and stuff, you know, Unity and you <laughs> and stuff. you see that it was trying to do something with this and it couldn't, or there was an error with that. But like you said, if the event's fine and the listener's fine, it's just, the listener shouldn't be there or it shouldn't be affecting certain things. It might just be doing weird stuff and it's never going to pop up an error. So, like you said, like, I guess you just have to really document that system and see what's happening. You know, I mean, yeah. that's when, what's going on and where that thing is spreading out. Mm-hmm. And everybody can ex- everybody can relate to that, a real-world example of just, you put your game out there. And, you know, a bunch of people get it, and some people have problems with it. And you're like, I don't know they are unless they tell me. Unless they get back, <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless they yeah. raise an exception back to me that something's happening, then I don't know. I just put it out there. So... Yeah, that that can be an issue, but that's kind of an issue in all of programming sometimes. But I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you get around that. It's just, that's just being deliberate and doing things the Eduardo way. Document. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what would <So>, Eduardo do? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's... Uh, I. I think that's it for today.
1: Um, yeah, that's good. I like I like that observer pattern. Again, I can I always feel like this when I do my design ones. And when you really break these things down and talk about them, they're super simple. But to me, when you first learn about them and it's structuring your brain around, oh, you could organize. Yeah, that's what that does. That's cool. I think it's an interesting. Yeah. It's kind of profound if you haven't really thought about it before.
0: Yeah, I that think way. that when people think about uh, design patterns, they imagine, oh, this is going to have a bunch of classes and it's going to be super complicated. No, it's not not all of them are like that.
1: They're very so, I mean they're yeah, for the most part conceptually like you might not exactly know how to implement them with codes and interface like certain mm-hmm. you know syntax related issues, but
0: But you get the idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, just, we can we'll make real world analogies of all these and they're very simple real real world wise and that's the reason why you go through them and really and that's why we this selfishly we're doing this for us too so we go through all of them again and really because it goes down to I always say this with programming and other stuff. It's not so much when you need to get a job because you got to know a lot of stuff and really bone down on your information and be able to whiteboard stuff. But a lot of time, the job every day, it's not about knowing everything. It's just about knowing what's possible. And how to organize stuff. Because you can always look up specific syntax if you need to, you don't know, remember it or look up methods and functions. But as long as you generally get these ideas like, oh, that could be kind of like an observer pattern. What if I sent out a message and it talked? That's all. You just need to know that these are possible. And then you can look them up later and really get down to how you would implement it. That's what I would say. Don't get lost in the implementation. Just know the concepts.
0: Yeah. Oh, you remember that we were talking about... Uh Ruby on Rails. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ruby has uh, an observer.rv.
1: Yeah, a lot of web stuff works in that, notifications and talking and stuff. Like, I think, I mean, that's why, yeah, a lot of those things uh, across all software and development, especially with a lot of different software development things, I guess, I mean, it'd go, we'd have to go in the internals of how each system is using the observers and listeners, but we think of other of games being so much on loops, you know, and update loops and going at 30 frames, 60 frames a second. But most of the software, unless it's graphically intense, doesn't do that. And it's all based on event-driven systems, right? It's not based on real-time loop-based systems. So this is way more common in things like software, like just regular application development and um, web stuff like that.
0: So... That's it for today, guys. We're gonna ja, take hi. a break, and uh, thank you, thank you, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. Okay, we're back, um, and let's let's uh, talk a little bit about our Patreon. Um, page, which is uh, the way that you can uh, contribute to the to the podcast if you think uh, if you like it and I don't know, if you uh, listen to it and you enjoy what we uh, say here and you want to contribute to, to the show, you can just go to patreon.com slash the debug log and uh, make a, a pledge. It doesn't matter how much uh, you pledge, we're going to um, be a Totally grateful.
1: Yeah, we just um, got one. I think I think one of our is it five dollars or ten dollars our Google Hangout level, but we just did that. We got somebody asking about that if we still honor that because they want to do it, and we haven't done it yet because nobody. We've been grateful yeah, to people giving a dollar or two.
0: So right, we
1: so I, we have to get back to that listener, and we're going to do that soon. So we're going to probably start that event like within the next few weeks. So. They're gonna have an awesome opportunity to just talk to us one on one and not. So if you want to join that, look at that and see if you like any of those uh, levels in there.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I also want to give a shout out to Jonathan Linowitz. Uh He's a friend of, of us um, who played Five Bucks. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, Jonathan.
1: Cool. Well, you, where you can talk to Jonathan and all those other awesome people every day is the Debug Lounge. It's our private, it's just a Facebook group, but it's private. So if you just go on Facebook, search for the Debug Lounge and we'll add you to it. We get, we get a pretty good clip of people a day, I would say, like five to six, seven, ten people a day. And it's awesome because I, I get so encouraged because it's people, every type of peop- person in the world. You know, they're all around the world. All genders, all everybody types of people. So it's really cool to see people join in there, and everybody's so excited and positive. Again, like I said, if anybody's negative, I will ban them. I don't care. I'm not. I don't care about. <laughs> I don't care about being. This is. I'm not doing like. Well, everybody's got an opinion. No, I. Everybody's got an opinion, but the whole point of this thing is to be positive. And nobody's ever. We've never had any problems. Everybody's been cool and. And even also with sharing your games we're really cool. We haven't had to you know institute any spam rules or anything because everybody's cool about that too. So we want you to come in there ask any questions you have. Ask any, like, don't worry if you're just getting started. There's, I bet you most people in there are getting, a lot of people are getting started and they ask questions. And people give them a lot of responses. And also, if you have a project that just came out or it's in beta and you're really excited about it, you know, we do that. Eduardo put his hangman game in there all the time. So just put it in there. Right? The whole, it's all about encouragement and having fun and all of us kind of growing and leveling up together. So the Debug Lounge or Facebook, search for it, and we'll add you to it.
0: Yeah, I, I actually... Uh, think this is one of the best communities that I've seen in uh, Facebook in general because one of the things that people ask all the time is like, oh, but I'm a beginner. Can I uh, talk about my game here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. yeah. It's like totally. <laughs> Actually, on, on Saturday, we do what everybody does about uh, a screenshot Saturday. You can promote whatever you want about your game or whatever you're working on. And the other thing is that people like the the sense of contribution and how they help each other that that's really cool i think uh it's we're we're doing a good job keeping um everyone cool instead of just having bad critics or anything like that and or arguing in a bad manner with each other it's like yeah, everybody's cool. Babe. Yeah, and we
1: and we see that, not to get into it, but we see that like when we we share our posts everywhere. the yeah, order you do, and you just see the different tenor of conversation and mood of it. Even when, even just we post an episode, people are, raw, 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 raw. like, guys, this is just a free podcast. Just don't listen to it if you don't want. It. We're just trying to help where we can. We just have experience and we want to share it because we like getting into, and honestly, because now most of us don't work together. So we just like to get on here weekly when we can and talk to each other and talk uh-huh. to each other about shop and stuff. So, but in ours, it's the, the, when you look at the comments, it's always awesome and everybody helping each other and stuff. Cause it's like you don't have anything, again, your mom used to say this, you don't have anything positive to say. Don't say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're all about like learning. That. It's yeah. We're not about like. Well, I need to tell you. I'm just being real, guys. Your game sucks. Well, then just don't say anything.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, but
1: but where you can help, be constructive and help too. That's what you know. That's what it's all about.
0: Exactly.
1: All right, take us home, Adora.
0: <laughs> okay. So that was now. This time it was all for today. Um, you can. um uh, Follow me on Twitter. I'm at EduardoCF1989.
1: And I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I-E.
0: And that's it for today. Have an awesome day, guys. See you in the next
1: one. All right. See ya.